You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Jay Young, Bob Huesler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. And we welcome you once again to Open Court with Jay Young, your information source for Fairfield University basketball, along with the coach, John Bach Eastler, joined by my broadcast partner, the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis. This is our season in review podcast as we take a look back at the highs and lows of the season. We'll take a long view of next season, talk a little bit about the incoming recruits. We're going to ask coach about who might be returning for another season as a stag, maybe get an idea of how the schedule will shape up and get some idea, roughly speaking, of the timetable for the brand new athletic and convocation center. So uh, let's start this off by going back one podcast and listen to what Jay had to say to us after we posed the question, how would you make a case for the Stags being a team that can win the MAC tournament. I think that everybody would agree from what we were at the beginning of the season where we were not a good basketball team. We're playing much better. And it's, again, if we defend and rebound, we're going to be in there with everybody. We, we are. We're capable of doing that. We've shown it. We just need to do it for 40 minutes. And uh, I don't think there's a team, and, and this is this is we've got some very good basketball teams in this league and very good very good coaches, but we're not going there scared of anybody uh, and, and w- with the feeling that we can't, uh, if we play well, can't win. So, Jay, you did defend, you did rebound, you didn't play scared, and you almost did win it all. Came uh, within uh, really a few minutes, a few made shots of uh, taking down Iona in the MAC championship. So now that you've had a chance to reflect on what was really a great week and Atlantic City, does it maybe hurt a little bit more knowing how close you really did come to cutting down those nets? Yeah, sure, Bob. I mean, you, you know, um, you know, people have a lot of texts and a lot of great uh, comments about our run. And, and uh, you know, a lot of them alluded to the fact that it, you know, great that we were in the game, which it certainly was, but, but that was not our goal. And when we got on the bus, our goal was to play in that game and win it. So we came short of our goal. So uh, really proud of everything that we accomplished this past week, but we were devastated in that locker room afterwards as we should be, because again, you know, we, we felt we were playing well enough to go to the NCAA tournament. We got on that bus saying that's what we want to do. And we came, you know, short of that. So, uh, yeah, I mean it. It it it, uh, it hurts. It still hurts, and uh, it'll it'll hurt these guys and everybody for a while until we get back on the court. I know you'll be asked this question uh, often when next season begins. Will this be the kind of fuel that is good for a team? The fact that they were able to taste it and get that close and can act as a motivating factor as you begin next year. I certainly hope so. That was, you know part of my message to him right after the game ended that, uh, you know, we had a, we had a devastated locker room and I, I just said to him, I want you guys to uh, be proud of, of what you've accomplished, but remember this feeling that we're having right now. And every time we lift, every time we practice, every time we have an individual workout, remember what this feels like so we can get back to this game and win it. So I hope it does. Uh, I got a great group. I loved working with these guys and, uh, 
I'm confident we'll be back in that game and, and confident that we'll have a different result. Jay, uh, one thing that Joe and I both noticed through the season as we produced these podcasts, that even when you were one and nine and three and 13, you, you never wavered. Your confidence remained intact. Now, is that a product of who you are, just a, a naturally confident individual and confident in your abilities? Or was it what you were getting as far as feedback was concerned from your group of Fairfield players? I think a combination of both. Uh, we, we, we never uh, weren't practicing hard. We, we had good attitudes. The, the guys were uh, certainly frustrated as I was. But when I watched the film, uh, Bob, I never thought it was a personnel issue. I, I thought, it, quite honestly, I wasn't doing a great job with them. Um, that for whatever reason, there was a disconnect. I used that word a lot with you guys, especially early. But I never watched the film and said, I, I don't think our talent uh, – is not good enough to win. So that was the feeling I had. I, I thought we had execution issues um, and, and just, you know, a lot of discipline issues uh, as disciplined by meaning that we weren't disciplined on the basketball court at times with doing what we were supposed to do. Uh, and that was on me. Uh, just I've told everybody this for whatever reason, you know, they, I wasn't connecting with these guys early and what we wanted to do and, and probably a product of a lot of shutdowns, a lot of uh, limited practice time. And, and I thought, Looking back on it, I just tried to do too much with these guys that that uh, we were really good at nothing. Uh, you know, I used the line, you got to stand for something or you fall for everything. And that's who we were. We were falling for everything. So I should have, looking back, done a less, uh, picked out some things that I thought we could be good at with the limited practice time. And uh, we probably would have been better of it. But uh, I didn't do that. And that's a lesson learned for me. But I always thought we were going to be a good basketball team. And, and, um, you know, when you came to practice every day, the guys were still working and had great attitudes. So um, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves in this podcast, but assuming you have the majority of your team coming back and you have uh, the new recruits and I'm here and, you know, this is fuel for motivation, losing that, that final game and taking that run you, you did, which was, you know, for me being a part of Fairfield basketball for 25 years, which was really proud to see, really happy to see. Um, it's not automatic that next year you're going to, you know, start out being as good as you finished. So, you know, you mentioned that you, you're going to take a lot of the blame and, and kudos to you for doing that, but you, you didn't really hit your stride till later in the year. So what are some of the things that you think that you need to do to start off the season to make sure that you hit your stride earlier than you did this year? You know, I, I think we, we, for us, uh, and this is going to sound, practice is everything for us. It's it's the grind. It's the torture of practice. It's the monotony of what we do. And when we lost that at the beginning of the season, I thought we lost our identity, uh, especially defensively. So it's just a matter for us, you know, hopefully to have, you know, we will have the spring here, which we didn't have last year. And hopefully, knock on wood, have the summer back. And for us just to get back in and do the things consistently every day and improve our habits. We had really, really bad habits at the beginning of the year with some stuff. And that's all about practice and repetition to me. We have to continue to add to our talent to close the gap. Uh, I think we've done that. We got, we've got to fix more stuff. And, and I just, I reminded the team, 
you know, at the end of the day, we had a losing record this season and, and we finished great. And, and but, uh, you know, that's unacceptable to be 10 and 17 and we got to be, be a better basketball team. So uh, I don't know if that answers your question, Joe, but we just like to me, it's just getting back in the gym and the grind and, and getting better and, and the, the individual workouts and the, and the habits of what we do every single day. Uh, and keeping the same culture that we have. And, uh, you know, I, I think if we do that, we'll be back in that game. Coach, when was it exactly that you would say, okay, this is, is this was the low point of the season. And then when did you start to say, all right, I'm beginning to get signs that this thing can and is beginning to turn? You know, there were probably a couple of low points. I'd say when we walked out right before Christmas and we had lost to FTU, that was – pretty low. Um, and then, you know, we got swept by Siena. I thought we were starting to make some progress and we got swept by Siena, but that right after that, we, we kind of turned the tables. Our last four, if you look at our numbers, Bob, from our first 13 games of the season to our last 14, it's like you're looking at two different teams Yep. and we were slowly getting the defensive part of it. We, I, I was seeing that on film, uh, even in the Siena series, we didn't do it consistently enough, but we had some good moments. And I just kept feeling that if we could, keep improving on that end of the floor that we'd get back to who we were. Uh, and that would also help our, our offense. And at that same time, obviously uh, Woj and Zach were starting to play better on offense for us and help us offensively. They got off to a little bit of a slow start, but so I thought, I, I thought the combination of those two, we, we, could, we could be a good basketball team. And, you know, I think we finished eight in the last 14 games, eight and six. Uh, so, so, we, we were really just kind of two different teams, but I, I was seeing signs all along. And, and like I said earlier, you know, when a team comes to practice every day and when you're, you know, two and 11 or whatever we were at the time and really was, was working their tails off, it's just, it makes you feel like, you know, like you got to turn the corner with this thing. And we were fortunate that we did. You uh, just referred to the, uh, the offense a couple of moments ago, and I wanted to just ask you a question, which I'm sure a lot of fans and observers of the program ask. Uh, what's a realistic expectation for this team in terms of being able to you know, produce points? Uh, you, not, you don't want to be where you were in terms of uh, the league standing, last in points scored, but I don't think there's ever going to be a time, maybe there will be, but I don't think it's realistic to think that Fairfield's going to lead the league in points scored because that's not your style. But first of all, correct me if I'm wrong. And more to the point, what is a realistic expectation for a, fair, a Jay Young team in terms of what it can be offensively? Uh, we, we certainly there's, there's a ton of uh, improvement that we need on that end of the floor. Um, you know, if I go back to the Iona game, at the end of the day, they kind of had one guy who just went out and got 18 points on his own without having to call a lot of plays for yeah. um, in, in Asante Gist. Uh, we have to generate more offense by play calling and by system, and we have to do less of that. And that happens through recruiting and individual improvement with guys in our own program. So um, – there's just a ton of I, – I can't give you an exact number of points, but there's a ton of uh, room for improvement on that. We played differently this year. We, we were less of a ball screen team um, and, and more of a five-out team. So we got started slow. I, I think we'll have payback now because we played a year um, with a different system moving into the spring that, that we didn't have at the beginning of the year. So all those things. But we got to continue to improve through recruitment, 
our individual uh, improvement has to has to be better, and I think it will be with the spring and the summer coming up. But um, you know, I look at everybody's numbers, Bob, and I just say we you know we sit down at the end of the year, we we give everybody. Uh, where they stand, what the league looks like, what the national numbers are. They're, we give them any, every analytics that they can possibly look at, and then we, we'll, sit down, we'll sit down with some realistic goals for guys to improve at. And if we, if we can hit those goals, we'll, we'll be a much improved offensive team. We're going to get into uh, your personnel in just a second, but I did want to ask you about this particular season, which, of course, uh, will uh, be a season we hope we don't have to ever endure again, a, a pandemic-altered season. I mean, the Stags did a pretty good job getting through all this uh, in comparison to a lot of other programs. But was there ever a point that you thought that maybe you weren't going to be able to get through this or, or things were going to go off the rails as far as the conference was concerned? I mean, I hope this is the last time we ever have to talk about this, but I'm sure there were some moments during the season you were really wondering uh, to yourself uh, if you're going to be able to negotiate all this. I think early, certainly when we first got back on campus and uh, the numbers were skyrocketing around here, and we had our own issues with the team, that that was the scariest part for me, whether we would even get off the ground with this thing. Um, and we managed to get through that. Um, and I've said this all along, it's really a credit to Paul Slickman, uh, President Nemec, and everybody on this campus who worked so hard to uh, keep us safe. We were put in quarantine a couple times and a couple times, not even for issues that we had just to try and keep us separated from the student body and keep us safe. And that comes at an expense, obviously that, you know, the Marriott just doesn't put you up for free. So they, they invested, <laughs> they invested in that and, and uh, put us up and, and kept us safe. But I'd say Bob, just really early in the year, when we got back to campus, it was, uh, it was scary. Um, and you saw what we were going through and what some other teams were going through and you're wondering, you know, is, is this going to work? And we only had one pause during the season. We had a lot of scheduled pauses because of, uh, you know, other teams or the domino effects, but only one from a positive COVID test from a team member. So uh, a credit to our school for doing that and a credit to our guys who sacrificed so much this year to be safe, to stay in, to stay out of crowds, to do everything we could to get us to the point where we could play in the championship game. Hey, Jay. So, um, Good segue talking about the Marriott and hotel. I, I haven't been a part of um, some uh, playoff situations with Fairfield where we won a couple of years in a pit, blah, blah, blah. It was always fun, N not in a nasty way or a condescending way, to come back for your game after you win and watch teams get on the bus and go home. <laughs> what was different like, can you in, be quick? Obviously, we don't have a lot of time, but were you able to practice? Were you able to shoot around? Were you able to have team meals? You obviously couldn't leave the hotel. I know when, no one was at the blackjack tables. Give us a quick synopsis of what happened in your stay down Atlantic City. Yeah, the MAC did a great job. So every team in the league had their own floor and uh, a suite on every floor where meals uh, were dropped off, Joe, like a, a, a bagged meal that you had to take back to your room. So we could not eat as a group. Uh, and then we practiced, you know, we were tested every morning, each team when they did a great job organizing and testing and they did this for the women's side too. So we all went over to the, uh, the arena and testing was, um, I think they spent a quarter of a million dollars worth of, you know, in, in invested in testing for both the men's and women's team. 
you'd go back to the hotel, you'd have a meeting room that was set up and we were able to practice at, uh, at uh, a big convention center down there. Uh, so they did a great job organizing it. Uh, the, the floor was ours ourselves. So we were very safe. No one else came up there and uh, it, 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 it worked. It was different for sure. Um, and you miss the interaction of the, of the guys at the meals, you know, when you're joking around and you're goofing on each other and, and that type of stuff. So that, that kind of missed that this year, but they did a really good job of, of, uh, keeping us isolated. And you got, you had some family and friends there too, right? Yeah. Well, the, the players were able to, to have, uh, some guests and, and, uh, you know, certainly on Saturday we had more people, but it, it, it they, they did a super job of pulling this off and, all the protocols and all the things that went into it. I, I can't even imagine to be on the administrative side of it. Uh, you know, we showed up and played, but just the work that went into it was really incredible. But uh, by our league. Yeah. They, uh, everybody at every level did such a great job with this. And uh, as Joe would say, kudos to them. And that being said, we all hope we never have to endure anything like this uh, again. And well, toward the funny, that. The funny is we're still, I'm sorry that we're still being tested. Up until yeah. every day, up until uh, tomorrow, because we are the, you know, if I own a part, part right. positive test, we would still go and need to show, you know, uh, seven consecutive days of negative tests. So we, we were all tested again this morning. So uh, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow will be the first time I haven't had a Q-tip up my nose in about. <laughs> so are you watching Alabama film? No, no, we, we didn't go that crazy. We're not that psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> so the, for those of those uh, those of you who are listening and wondering what we're talking about, if Iona were not able to go because they had a positive test in the program, Fairfield would be NCAA tournament bound. But uh, that is not the way I think that uh, Jay and the Stags want to get there. Um, as we mentioned, Coach wanted to uh, get into some personnel. We'll uh, eventually do. We're going to get to a lightning round with your players, but. Before we get into the bulk of the roster, I want to take two guys in particular collectively, uh, Taj Benning and Jesus Cruz, who in a normal year would have played their last games as a stag, but not a normal year. This was uh, a get-out-of-jail-free card uh, season for every player. So those two could conceivably come back next year. When do they need to make up their minds, and are you – can you give us an idea of maybe how you feel about both of those guys and whether they're leaning toward returning next year or maybe not? Uh, I would love to have first and foremost, I'd love to have them both back. I love both of those guys and, and they um, go to war for us every night. They're everything we want uh, in a guy to represent Fairfield university. So, so that's the easy part for me. Uh, we said all along that we were just going to wait to the end of the season, focus on that and then kind of get together and, see where, where everybody is at uh, and what they're thinking. So I literally met with both of those guys this morning. There was no decisions. It wasn't that type of talk. It was just uh, more a talk about, you know, finishing up school, what their thoughts were, uh, their general thoughts. Um, and, and, you know, I, there's really no timetable. We can't use their scholarships anyway. Uh, I want them to feel comfortable. They, they've got to get with their families. They've got to get with uh, the people who are going to help them make their decision. But uh, as on my part, Bob, that's the easiest decision I've ever had to make in my life. I'd love to have both of those guys back. Um, and, and they just got to process some stuff. It's, you know, it's very emotional still after the loss. So they're just going to 
take some time with them, get together with their families, have more discussions. And I'm sure within the next week or so, we'll have some clarity on, on what those guys are going to do. You know, I know the three of us all want to see both of those guys back next year, but even if one or the other or both did not return what they've already done for this program, um, that was, uh, beyond saying is uh, just tremendous. They were great representatives. And I just used the past tense. I, we want them back, right. but they have up to this point been just tremendous representatives. Everything you want out of a Fairfield basketball player, aren't they? They are, uh, you know, and, and they say this, you know, I came here last year, didn't know either one of those guys. They could have gone a hundred directions and they bought in since day one. Uh, and I said to him after the game, I want to get back and win it for those guys who were, who believed in me and, and the school and the university. But uh, just two of the best young men you can meet. They really are. And, uh, you know, I'd love to have them back. I really would. All right, let's get into, a, as I keep referring to it, a lightning round with your players. If you don't mind, we're going to run down the uh, roster uh, beyond Taj and beyond Jesus. And they're going to give you a name and then we want you to talk about the progress that particular player made this season and what that player needs to do between now and uh, next September, October, in order to uh, be ready to reach the next level. So let's start it off with the guy who ended up as your uh, leading scorer, the transfer out of Richmond, who um, luckily for Fairfield and gratefully uh, was granted his eligibility, Jake Wojcik. Uh, let's start with Jake. What do you have to say about him? Yeah, just a breath of fresh air, certainly for our offense. Uh, and, uh, you know, was able to allow us, I think, some of the production that that Taj had and guys who drive the ball a little more was a product of, of Jake being – on the floor and able to stretch the defense and shoot the ball. Great free throw shooter. I, I, I really like the balance. I, he came in here with a reputation of, of strictly a three point shooter and he was much more balanced and put the ball on the floor, showed that he can do that. He's got to continue to do that. And, uh, you know, Jake's got to work on, you know, we've got to get him a little stronger. Um, he lost a little weight when this year first, while he was playing, we got to just, you know, kind of get him, uh, maybe a little quicker with some stuff, but you know, he's a worker. He loves being in the gym and, and uh, you know, see, we'll see uh, better numbers from him. Had a very good season for us and we'll see better numbers from him next year as well. All right. Your uh, starting point guard, Caleb Green. Yeah. C Caleb, um, you know, you look at his numbers, he got off obviously to a well-documented slow start uh, and then really played well the second half of the season. I mean, he, he uh, shot 37% from three second half of the season and, and, uh, you know, just really trust him with the ball. Caleb is limited because of, you know, size and, and, uh, you know, he's got to be a better, a more consistent shooter off the dribble. Uh, and that's something we're going to work with him off, you know, uh, during the off season, uh, uh, just, just being more consistent with it and, and stretching his range out a little bit, but, uh, love him with the ball in his hands. He was pressed the whole tournament and, you know, you just saw how steady he was, uh, but, uh, you know, I've said this about like one of the best leaders and, and probably the best habits of any player I've ever been around. You know, um, we had Supreme Cook on the uh, podcast about a month or so ago, and uh, it seems like ever since we spoke to him, uh, he has uh, really he, he, he stepped. I'm not making a cause and effect here, by the way. I'm just <laughs> mentioning that uh, we got to know him. He went out there. He uh, really stepped up to the next level. But here's what I'm getting at during that 
segment with him. You talked about how his development was slowed at the beginning by that. He had some uh, knee issues. I think it was tendonitis. Um, so he eventually got through that and uh, took that next step. And uh, how high is the ceiling for Supreme Cook? Uh, it's huge. It's huge where he can be. I mean, you know, you saw glimpses of it. Um, I think I think we just kind of threw the kitchen sink at Supreme as far as terminology, coaching, defensive stuff, ball screen coverage. It was probably overwhelming for him. Not probably. It was overwhelming for him. So I, I think, you know, of all the guys I'm excited, I'm excited to work with all of them, but he's probably the most just to get a summer with him. Uh, and work with him with his feel around the basket, his feel for defenders. Uh, but uh, he's got a huge upside. Um, and, and, you know, just really the sky's the limit. I feel he could be one of the best front court, one of the best players in the conference eventually. Hey, Jay, <clears throat> I have to interrupt. What was your message to him during that whole skirmish, if you will, at Manhattan? Yeah, I, I, I love the passion. I love the excitement. You can't get thrown out of the game. That didn't help us, uh, you know. <laughs> Um, you got to control your emotions. Uh, I, I, I was fine. Uh, you know, other than the fact, you know, I, I, I get, he got the flagrant one that's going to happen in the game. It's happened, you know, but, but once that happened, that you got to walk away from that thing. And, uh, let's, let's us shoot free throws. Having him in the locker room didn't help us. So it's, you know, he's a great kid. Uh, I love to see the fire and the passion from him, but, but you also got to be smart. Certainly, uh, you need him on the floor, especially when Chris Mido is not available. And uh, he was not available down the stretch uh, part of the season. And, and Coach, I know he was dealing with a foot injury. If you can, A, tell us uh, the specifics about that injury. And then just get into Chris and uh, the development he showed this season. And uh, just like Supreme, what's the upside for another one of the really good-looking Fairfield bigs? Yeah, Chris had a stress reaction in his foot that got aggravated. We, we were going to give him a, you know, we, we had him see the doctor right before the Manhattan series. And uh, I don't know if you saw the play. He actually slipped on a wet spot trying to trying to pick, uh, I think it was Taj up, and really aggravated his foot. He had been in a boot the two previous days. We took him to the tournament thinking that we might, he might be available. We just couldn't get him going. And so, uh, it's just an injury right now, Bob, that he's going to have to take probably a few weeks more to let the thing heal and we'll reevaluate it. But, um, you know, I, again, Chris is one of these guys and I told him this, we got to stop talking about his potential and he's got to, he's got to get there. But if you look at his numbers first, you know, first 13 games of the season, he shot 35% from the floor. And then the last 14, he shot us 69, 68% from the floor. So we, we need the 68% Chris, um, and he was getting better. I thought, you know, we in the championship game, uh, that's when I thought, not that we didn't miss him during the whole series, but that's when I thought we needed the most, just another body up front, another guy to block a shot or alter a shot. He was coming off his best game against Iona in a win. That was his best game of season where I think he had 13 points and 10 yeah. rebounds. So, you know, the loss to him in that game, I'm not saying we would have won the game, but I, I just felt after the game that – I certainly wish I had him all tournament long, but but that was the one that that I just kind of needed him. But again, he's got to gain weight, and the weight room for him is is going to be crucial to his development. and And he didn't have that last summer. I'm hoping the spring now and the summer that we got to get 20 pounds on him, and we got to stop talking about it. And he's got to get 20, he's got to get 20 pounds on him, 25 pounds on him, and get stronger. And that's that's the key with him. All right, another player you didn't have in the tournament, nor did you have him. Uh... 
really since mid-January was Jan Leach. We had him on the podcast just a couple of weeks ago, and it sounds like uh, he should make a full recovery from the foot injury. Uh, presuming that will be the case, uh, where does he go from here? What can Jalen Leach mean to this Fairfield program? Yeah, I, you know, certainly offensively, Jalen had some great moments for us. Um, and and uh, he's now just got to get back into shape and get stronger. That was his thing, uh, you know, just a, a strength aspect. The physicality of the game would affect him at some point. So we really got to work on his body. Uh, and get his strength level going back when he gets back here. Uh, we'll continue to work with him, you know, offensively and defensively. He's got a lot of ability on that end of the floor, but I, I just thought for him it was the physicality aspect and the strength aspect that uh, is going to really be crucial to his development as a player. Zach Chrysler, like Jake Wojcik, uh, got the NCAA waiver there in uh, December and uh, really developed uh, not as – as a stag, I mean, you could see early on he was getting used to uh, your system, but it really he became a real invaluable member of this team, didn't he? He's one of those kinds of players who a lot of what he does doesn't show up with a box score. It's a cliche, but it really fits with him, doesn't it? It does. Uh, you know, I think it's just really a trust level with with us. And, um, you know, his numbers don't jump out at you, but he does do all those little things and uh, very cerebral defender. He's in good spots for us all the time. Um, and then, you know, for him offensively, he's got a, a really good IQ for spacing and how to play. Uh, you got to shoot the ball better. That's, that's his trick. Um, he gives you a different weapon than, than like Supreme where Zach, uh, if he's going to be covered by a five man and it's difficult for them, uh, you know, they're not used to covering perimeter five men, but he's just got to shoot the ball better and work at his craft from that distance. We want to get a little more balance between, uh, you know, perimeter and post, but at the end of the day, the majority of Zach's shots are going to be threes, and that's just the type of player he is, and he's got to shoot the ball better, uh, which which will get him doing. And, and, you know, he's got to work on his body a little bit, get a little quicker, and his foot speed's got to be a little better too. But uh, does a lot of, as you said, Bob, does a lot of great things for us. Jay, he, uh, Zach Chrysler, he, he has to shoot the ball better because you expect him to shoot the ball better, or he needs to work on form and things like that? I, I think, you know, a couple of things. He's, he's streaky. There are a couple glitches in, in his release that we got to work on. And, I, you know, I always talk to, I guess, Brian Dewar more about this stuff because he was such a good shooter, Brian, you know, but I, I just think, you know, the reps in the gym with Zach and the confidence, uh, you know, he, we ran some good stuff for him uh, to get him some looks during the tournament and, uh, you know, he, he made some shots for us, but he's just got, you know, he, and he said it himself, he, he's got a, he wants to be a shooter like Ragoni is for Quinnipiac. Well, he's got to shoot in the forties then if that's going to be the case. So he's got to get his percentage up there. Um, but, but a couple things, Joe, you know, just, just kind of technical wise, but not a lot of adjustments. And I think more, it's, it's more of the reps in the gym for him, just getting in there and, and, and being, you know, great shooters shoot, you know, they, they work at their craft and we got to get him in there working on it all the time. Coach, uh, you were very high on Chef Galakalani coming into the season, and he showed some of uh, what you uh, were telling us about uh, during the season. We would see some of the flashes, but he wasn't part of the rotation uh, in the tournament for you. So uh, where is Chef at right now? Where, where does he need to – what does he need to do in order to get back to where uh, you expect him to be? Yeah, I, I, in a matter of fact, I met with Chef. We had a great talk today. Just, just, 
you know, about how, again, we've had these talks about how I, how I envision him playing and uh, he needs to be more productive, quite honestly. You know, I just showed him his numbers and this is where you're at. And um, these are the type of shots you need to be taking. I want you to be a great defender. Um, at the end of the day, you know, this, I've said this a thousand times, you, everybody doesn't get to play and you, you don't get to go to Dairy Queen afterwards. You, you know, this is, this is based on production. His numbers uh, need to get better. Uh, I shared with him some ideas on how I thought that, uh, how I felt that he needed to be playing. And, and he's a great kid. The other part of it is Bob too. And, and you know, this is once you get deeper in the season, you, you just limit guys, you know, you go with a smaller rotation yep. and um, you know, with, you, you go with some of the guys that you trust a little more and, and he wasn't in that group and he needs to get back in that group. Alan Jean Rose was part of that uh, group uh, in the latter part of the season. Uh, what progress did he make and uh, what do you expect out of him coming into next season? Yeah, again, he's he, you know with with AJ, I tell him all the time, AJ, you got to have a trick, you got to have something to to hang your hat on. If you, if you're not going to shoot the ball well, you got to be a great defender, and and uh, if whatever that is, it's it's got to be enough to get you on the floor and keep you on there. And he's you know fouled. His big thing was when we had him on the floor, he was fouling so much. Um, we worked on him a lot not to do that. He he is you know we love his length, his athletic ability. Uh, offensively he's never going to be the uh, you know big scorer but he's got to you know improve on his IQ on that end of the floor and I, I thought he, you know he was another guy who just really got hurt with not having the summer from last year and and uh, the spring so I'm hoping we can get him back in the gym here and and uh, physically he's got to gain some weight too we got to put on some strength and some weight. How about Jason Depay? Yeah Jason you know had some good moments for us um, down the stretch I tell everybody, you know, Jason's year was like starting a marathon and Jason got to start once everybody was halfway through it already. You know, <laughs> he, he was, you know, sick a couple of times and in quarantine. So he was just so far behind even getting started and then getting back in shape. So he came on. He's he's probably got the best two footed bounce uh, that we have in our program. And he's got a very good uh, righty jump hook, a very good righty jump hook. Um, we got to figure out position wise for him. You know, he is it, kind of unique and his offensive game is a little more around the basket, but his size is more of a four man and he's better covering four men than he is five men. So you got to kind of that's a little unique with him. Uh, and, and again, he, he, we're talking about freshmen who first day of uh, that, he, that he showed up on campus was his first day here. So yeah. uh, we didn't get a chance to work with him. So all these guys have to get better, stronger. Uh, continue to work on their games, but I uh, love Jason's upside. He really has got a, a big upside and another great kid. John Kelly's season, unfortunately, began uh, with him wearing a, a walking boot, and he never really was able to get on track in great part because of that. What about John and the progress he can make? Yeah, I, I think that really hampered him. You know, he, he, he's, it's no secret that John you know, is not like a great foot speed guy, and his, his, his ability is to shoot the basketball and stretch defenses. And when he hurt his foot, it, you know, it's probably not the injury in the, that you wanted with him. So he just got, again, got so far behind and, and, you know, you're trying to get your rotation down. It was just a thing where it was tough to get him back in there, but he's got to continue to work on his body, uh, foot speed and, and continue to do what he does become an elite shooter in this league. Uh, there is one stag whose name is now in the transfer portal. That would be uh, Calvin Whipple. So, uh, 
obviously he is looking to uh, move on as far as his college basketball career is concerned. That shoulder injury uh, just was uh, devastating as far as Calvin's year was concerned, right? Yeah, just it really, uh, you know, knocked him out for the whole season. We had him a little bit uh, early in the season for a few games, but he was on, he was unhealthy playing then. Uh, and I love Cal. He's, he's another great kid and stuck it out and he's going to graduate, you know, after this year. And uh, I'm not sure what he's going to do, whether he plays somewhere else or whether he tries to go us, uh, you know, overseas and do something. I'm, I'm not sure what he's going to do, but uh, I appreciate so much his, uh, just his commitment to Fairfield basketball and uh, you know, what a great kid he is and, and how hard he worked. Well, we're going to miss Cal and uh, he made a lot of sacrifices for us. And I, I uh, told him this the other day, he was in here yesterday, just how much I appreciate everything he's done for the program. And uh, you know, of course, at this time of the year, we start paying attention to the players you're going to be bringing in. I'm going to hand the baton to Joe because I know he's uh, Joe likes to look at the film on the guys uh, who are, uh, future stags, and I know he's already done that with some of these guys, but uh, Christian Sevis, Makai Willis, they're in the fold, and Joe, I know you know a little bit about those two. Yeah, well, um, I'm really impressed with both of them, and I'll let Jay talk more about them, obviously, see them more than I have, but, you know, at this point in the season, at this point in time, you want to improve your team, and these are two guys I think that definitely will. You know, the game is so guard-oriented and so perimeter-oriented, I think both of these guys, Willis is 6'8", and, and obviously Sevis is a point guard, uh, will help this team. But the, you tell us what you see about Makai Willis and Christian Sevis. Yeah, I'll start with Christian. Uh, you know, I love his makeup. He's, I think, going to come in here as one of the elite passers. Uh, he led the state of New Jersey in assists um, and very physical guard. Uh, got to work a little bit on his consistency shooting the ball, but I, his IQ and I think, uh, you know, just his ability to pass the ball uh, will make us better immediately and give us a little um, change up where I think we've got a guy too that can guard at 94 feet. Um, uh, love that part about him too, just the, the physicality of what he does. So another great kid, good student, uh, great family. And Makai, um, Makai has got a, a lot of potential, uh, very bouncy, 6'8", and can face up and shoot the ball a little bit from, from 17 to 18 foot feet played a really good high school program in Tallahassee. They uh, went to state semifinals, I believe it was, but um, with a lot of good players. Matter of fact, Charlie Ward is his high school coach. Um, so he's been well coached. Uh, so, you know, excited to have both those guys. We'll add certainly depth to the class. Uh, and I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to get back in the gym today. If, if we could and bring those guys with us, I'm excited to get going. So are you done? Do you have any more scholarships? We do not right now, no. No, unless unless someone comes in and decides to leave, we, we will not have any more scholarships. Coach, uh, what can you tell us about uh, next season's schedule? Uh, games that are penciled in, opponents or tournaments that are close to happen or things you want to make happen? Uh, anything you can reveal as far as that's concerned? Well, we're still trying to, you know, we're back over at, um, in Bridgeport for the whole season, so that we're still waiting on, you know, some, some of those dates and, and that type of thing, but... Um, we do have some games that were supposed to be returned to us this year. So it was Holy Cross, Wagner, Loyola that we're trying to firm up dates for those. We do have some return dates that we have to um, honor. And then we're always looking to play. We do not have a tournament right now, Bob, but this is just kind of, I think people are still trying to figure out where we'll be in November COVID wise, if, if it's going to be just 
you know, uh, as it was with two years ago where all these tournaments are taking place. I, I think that people are just kind of trying to get a lay of the land of what it's going to look like in November. And then financially uh, is another big aspect that's still to be determined. So uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we can at least have four home games next year on a non-conference schedule, which be be a lot for us. Um, and then, you know, finish up the rest of our schedule with some of these return games and then play in a good tournament or, certainly some higher games that, that will, you know, make our schedule look attractive, but it's, it's really early right now. And, and the first thing we got to do is try and get some of these games that were owed to us uh, back on the schedule with, with confirmed home dates. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the final four is uh, normally a coach's convention of sorts, but obviously that won't be the case this year. What are, uh, what are your plans for the next few weeks? Well, I'm um, having knee surgery next Tuesday, so I'll be in bed for a couple of weeks probably with my knee up in here. So I'll be, I, I picked the final four, so I, I can't uh, have my wife tell me I'm watching too much TV. She'll, she'll <laughs> can't argue with me. But that's my, that's my plan, and uh, I'm looking forward to the games and, and certainly wish we could be there, but looking forward to watching them like everybody else. You, uh, you've been playing in pain these uh, last few weeks and months? Yeah, not not. Uh, I'm, I'm fine. It's, it's old age and, uh, you know, it's, they're going to, they're going to try and stop, stop it from, uh, from getting any worse. So I'll, I'll be okay. It's just, just, just me getting old. I, I have to say, welcome to the club coach. <laughs> A lot of fun. Um, you mentioned next year, uh, the stags are looking at a full season of home games back at a Webster bank arena in Bridgeport. Uh, what can you tell us, if anything, about what you know about uh, the demolition of Alumni Hall and when that shovel goes in the ground for the much anticipated? And, uh, of course, uh, the, the thing that, of course, you're hanging on there is a, is a recruiting tool, the, the new Athletic and Convocation Center. Yeah, it's my understanding that uh, within a week or two uh, that that the keys are being handed over to the architects and the demolition people. And I think some of the work on the interior has already begun. Uh, the building's not being used anymore. Fairfield prep, I think was maybe the last ones in there um, and it's, it's vacant. So it's ready to go. And I believe uh, that will happen within the next couple of weeks. Um, and the game plan is, you know, uh, I, th I think if we get, you're looking at anywhere between a year and a year and a half, a year would obviously be very aggressive, but some of that depends on weather and all the other factors that go into this building, but it's, it's, it's good to go. And uh, I think in a few months when you drive on campus, that's, that's um, not much of alumni hall will be left. Great news. Things are looking up in many ways for Fairfield basketball. And uh, as we wrap things up, uh, I always uh, leave it to Joe to see if he has any final words or questions. Yeah, no, again, just um, uh, big time props to you uh, for the job you did down the stretch. We're happy to see it. You know, Jay, uh, I was an assistant for longer than I was a head coach and to your staff too. Let's yeah. not forget about them. Now, the evil in me wants to know some insight on your staff. Okay, so tell us what you can tell us. I'm hearing Pat Sellers' name at Central Connecticut as possible head coach. And how about your other guys? Are they involved with any jobs? Uh. I, first of all, I agree with you. I have an unbelievable staff and I, I can just share with you, like there were moments this year where, where, you know, especially offensively that uh, I was having some real doubts in what we were doing. And as you can imagine, when the numbers kept coming back and they encouraged me to stay the course and we would get better. And, and that was the right thing to do. 
Uh, so they, I, they, they do a tremendous job uh, with, with Pat. Obviously he graduated from central played their coach there and would make a ton of sense and would do an incredible job. So um, I certainly don't want to lose any guys on my staff because um, of what great jobs they do, but I've also sat in that seat uh, and I know uh, I, I encourage him to, to, you know, follow what they want to do in their dreams. And I'm going to support them in every way, but uh, Pat would be a great choice. Uh, any of my coaches would be make great head coaches. Obviously Chris has already been one. Uh, so if, if something, I, you know, the only, obviously I've heard the same thing about Pat. I haven't talked to anybody, but uh, it's just, we just ended the other day. So I'm sure the wheels will start turning, but for all those guys, I don't want to lose them, but uh, obviously it'd be great to see them go on and, and do great things if they can. Well, Coach, I can tell you that uh, Joe and I try to approach our broadcast as, you know, professionals and, and try and tell the story the way we can. But I know, uh, Joe, I think I can speak for you as, as fans of the program as well. Joe, of course, uh, is a Fairfield Hall of Famer, and I've been associated with it now for, uh, I think, about 35 years. So we've been watching for a while. Uh, I think as fans, Joe, it's safe to say we're both really excited. We're, uh, we're impressed with uh, with you and the job that you did in particular this season uh, down the stretch. Uh, you look back at that game against Iona and uh, you hit a couple of more shots. We might have been talking to you right now from Indianapolis. So congratulations. And, and most of all, thank you for uh, your cooperation. You are very easy to deal with. I think our fans should know that. They'll get to know you better when they can actually get back to the games. Mm -hmm. But Joe, um, I think that uh, you agree with me 100% uh, that doing these these chats with uh, Coach Young, uh, he couldn't make it any easier, could he? No, absolutely. You, you, you make a great point. I always felt comfortable coming into these podcasts knowing that if I did ask one or two sharp questions, I would get a legitimate, honest answer. So I appreciate that. Well, I, I, I appreciate you guys. I really do. I appreciate your support. And uh, I love the fact that you guys uh, had so many of our guys on the podcast to, to show the people what great – I mean uh, – uh, really blessed to be coaching these guys because they're great young men. And I think that having them on the podcast and for the for the people who do listen, get to get to see how and what great representatives – of Fairfield University, these guys are. It's as pleasurable for us, Coach, uh, to uh, get to know them. And I know, again, I'm speaking for everyone involved in our our endeavor and those listening that we're looking forward to seeing everybody finally in person when we get this thing going again in September, October, and then when they throw the ball up in November. So, uh, again, thanks to you and thanks to your players for the great cooperation. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. So that'll do it. Another season of Open Court is complete, and we want to thank everyone who helps produce these podcasts, most notably Ryan Moynihan. He is our lead producer and most responsible for getting these podcasts up and running. We uh, get help along the way from our buddy Ivy Spade and support all season long from Associate AD Zach Dayton and great help, as always, from uh, our longtime friend Jack Jones. And most of all, again, we want to just uh, reiterate what Coach alluded to. We want to thank all the players who appeared with us this season. We heard from uh, most of them and uh, really enjoyed getting to uh, know them better. And uh, repeating one more time, our special thanks to Coach Young, who makes producing these podcasts a breeze. So for Jay Young and the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis, I'm Bob Eastler. Thanks for listening, and we'll look forward to returning in November with another edition of Open Court with Jay Young.
The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.